The Hornets avoid a three-game losing streak, beating the Detroit Pistons last night big, and Kelly Oubre, we have to thank for it. We'll talk about that today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Check us out on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, Locked On Hornets. And then you can go to YouTube and check us out there as well, where you can not only hear Doug Branson do the Ubi chant, you can see him do it as well and be close to one of those 500 subscribers that were inching closer and closer or two. In the meantime, we'll talk about the Hornets beating the Detroit Pistons last night. A huge win, 140 to 111. Huge as in the margin of victory. This is a team that they should have beaten. They owned this team. 14 straight victories over Detroit now. Kelly Oubre was sensational, especially in the fourth quarter. Already decided, but hey, might as well pour it on with eight three-pointers in the fourth quarter for Pour Kelly some Oubre. Ubi on me. Oh, man. Crazy, Doug. I know you're dying to talk about Kelly. What did you see from him last night? So special. Uh, able to hit those three-point shots. How big was this night for him? And just the overall team to get confidence going. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredible. I think it's um, quickly becoming one of the better free agency signings in Charlotte Hornets history. I'd love to kind of go down. Wow. It's a short memory lane because they haven't had many huge free agency signings. By the way, instead of instead of a fire rule chant, I would love an Ubi chant. Uh, let's get an Ubi chant going on in the Spectrum Center. Forget <laughs> fire rule. Let's get well, an Ubi I mean, chant. The, the plan is to have Julian Council join us today. Not sure if that's going to happen in the second segment or when that's going to happen, but I know that he was not exactly thrilled with that chant yesterday as the host of the Locked On Panthers podcast, and he's not a fan of Matt Rule being here. Uh, we can get to that later, but I'd be down with the Ubi chant as well before I'd be down with the Fire Matt Rule chant. Listen, Kelly Oubre knows exactly what he's being paid to do, and that's make shots, and that's what he's done all season. It's really been incredible uh, to watch. I think going into this season uh, and in, into free agency, he even expressed like a desire to start, and he didn't. He hasn't gotten that opportunity except in short stretches when he, when it's been absolutely necessary. But instead, he's become, I think, uh, one of the leading candidates for Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, and, and I know that, uh, you know, Tyler Hero is sort of leading that discussion, but I think Kelly deserves to be uh, kind of one-two with Tyler Hero at this point uh, because he's really lifted the Hornets in multiple games. Now, not They didn't necessarily need these points, although I think you can make an argument that the Hornets, you know, they're, they're capable of giving up 40 points in any quarter, uh, so this lead was not safe necessarily. Uh, so I think do, doing that as early as he did, knocking down those first couple of threes, I think really put the nail in the coffin in this game. But it was just incredible to see. What was even more incredible to see, Walker, was the was Eric Collins and Del Curry cheering it on. The, the, my favorite part of the game was when Jalen McDaniels had that clear runway to the dunk. And Eric Collins goes, oh, no, don't do that. 
because he wanted to see him. <laughs> he wanted to see the record get tied. Don't we all? Don't we all want to see the record? Sure, I remember not? being mad at Sean Payton taking Alvin Kamara out to score like his seventh touchdown. It's the same thing. I want to see Kelly Oubre pour it in. Give me about nine, ten, eleven three pointers in the quarter. I would have loved to have seen that as well. And I think we were all Eric Collins in that moment. Happy to see Jalen McDaniels get a dunk, but also wanted to see Kelly. You mentioned him being one of the better free agent signings in Charlotte Hornet history. I think a lot of that has to do with the not so glorious history of the free agents anyway. We've kind of right. talked about that. But David Wesley is number one on this list that we have. Clutch points, put it up there. And if you just want to talk about longevity, somebody that had an impact on the franchise for a long time, David Wesley, a good player too. David Wesley certainly deserves to be in that spot. Al Jefferson is the other one that's so clear in a way an amazing basketball player and had the all NBA year, the only all NBA season that we've had from the second reiteration of a professional basketball franchise here in Charlotte. So Al Jefferson getting third team, all NBA big Al's paint came here at a time where there was nothing that was attractive about the franchise that to me and David Wesley are pretty clearly one too, but Kelly doing a really nice job of at least the first half of the season Scoring a lot for this team, way more consistent than I thought he would be, putting up either around his career high and or his career high shooting-wise. Efficiency numbers, some nice counting stats from Kelly. He's really been very good this year, certainly offensively. He's helping them win basketball games. I mean, that's the stat that matters. Like You can point to several games this season where you were like, yeah, Kelly off the bench really made a huge impact and allowed them to win this basketball game. I actually did find a, a Clutch Points article that lists – the five best free agencies, mm -hmm. uh, free agent signings in franchise history. If you'd like me to run through this, uh, I did. I kind of did already. I, were, were you listening, or were you just kind of ignoring me? Did like you, you did you do? go through all five? Did you did you mention all five? <laughs> no, I did it. Okay, I did it. I did it. Go I have ahead, all Doug. five. You yeah, may have mentioned two. I have all five. Yeah, give give me ready? the five. Give me the five. Number five, Marvin Williams, two thousand fourteen to twenty twenty. That's a good one. Nick Carboni, by the way, said since we're handing out all these 10-day contracts that Marvin Williams should get consideration solely to just be the defensive coordinator out there on the court. Just have everybody be in the right spot, and maybe you limit like five points a game just by having Marvin tell everybody where to be. So he averaged 9.7 points, 5.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, shooting 43.7% from the field and 37.8% from downtown. Number four, though, Bobby Phils. <laughs> Spent his first six Bobby. seasons with uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep, RIP to Bobby. In uh, his first season with the team, he put up 10.4 points, 3.5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.3 steals. Favorite thing about uh, Bobby Phils, anytime we talk about him, Michael Jordan said that he was one of the hardest, person, uh, hardest players to score against. So always the number one thing I think of with Bobby. Yeah, and there's a there's a what would have been kind of factor going mm -hmm. on there at, at number four because I think he was he was on the he was on the ascent. Um, number three, this is a this is a classic name here, classic Hornets name, nineteen ninety to ninety three, Johnny Newman. It's such a good one. It's like the sneaky wow, his stats were that good type of player with the Charlotte Hornets. Johnny Newman, really a nice player for this team. 14.7 points, 2.9 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 1.1 steals, 48.8% from the field for I, uh, Newman. I think multiple 50-point games, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's for, there. For the Newman's Hornets lore. or for? 
I think for the Hornets, because I think when either Kemba Walker or somebody did that, I mean, I know Kemba had multiple games, but I think Johnny Newman is on that list, and I tweeted about it. That's the only way I remember it, but pretty sure he's on that list, too. I will look that up after I get done with this list. All right, here we yeah, go. So your, your one, two was David Wesley. So on this list, this is, by the way, I need to credit the author, Emmanuel Kanakoza on Clutch Points with the article here. Number two. 2013 to 2016. Big mm-hmm. Al Jefferson. Number one, David Wesson. It has to be those two, right? Now, I guess the question is, if we want to make this all tied back it. to Kelly Oubre. So I would it, flop it. Yeah, I, and, would go, I would go one Big Al because he got an All-NBA. Uh, now, I get David Wesley. David Wesley was a piece, mm-hmm. but he was never the best player on any of those Hornets teams that had success. Yeah, it, it's always... You know, it's the same question with all of these good players in Hornets history. How much do you weigh longevity to how actually good they were? Like, that's yeah. that's always the question with anybody you talk about. Muggsy, Del Curry, ambassadors of the game, you know, good players. But Zoe was a monster. LJ, a monster. It's like, I, yeah, Eddie Jones played a year. It was an all-star. It, it's, it's the classic question when trying to evaluate each player's place in history with this franchise, whether it be the first iteration, the second one. It's tough, but yeah, I have no problem with that list or even flipping it. But I think, so going back to the Kelly Oubre discussion, I really think that he has a, an, a chance to crack this list. Uh, you know, we don't know how long Kelly Oubre is going to stay here, but if he, ha- if he maintains this impact and, uh, you know, accumulates one or two playoff wins that you go, oh yeah, that game was a Kelly Oubre game in the playoffs – then, you know, I think that vaults him over Marvin Williams, Bobby Phils. I mean, I, I could see him getting to at least three. And then if there is, you know, two, three, four seasons of Kelly Oubre in Charlotte doing this, having this kind of production, I could see him even breaking into the one-two list. Yeah, I, I think I think you probably need, I don't know, if you're going to get top five, you might need three years here with Charlotte in order to do that but or two or two really spe- I'm telling playoff series win is going to vault a lot of players into a hornet status that we haven't seen since those early aught days because yeah. you know it's something it's something that no Bobcat or even uh Kimball Walker led Hornets squad mm-hmm. can hang their hat on it, so I think we're yeah. going to look if they manage a playoff series in the next a series win in the next two seasons, we're going to look at a lot of these role players and individual players much differently than anyone that came before them, you know, post Bobcats. Yeah, most recently it's the Jeremy Lin, Courtney Lee effect. You know, those guys were on that team that got to the postseason, took Miami to seven games. Courtney Lee hit a huge shot to win that game, and now we always remember him despite not playing all that long here in a Charlotte Hornet uniform. So if Kelly Oubre can provide any kind of impact in a playoff series where you win, like we remember Lee and Jeremy and they don't even, they didn't even be a, they weren't even a part of a playoff series win. So yeah, right. totally could see that happening with one Kelly Oubre. And uh, if they don't decide to shop them, but you should decide to shop with Shopify. Huh? 
That's what you uh, should do. It gives uh, entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, this podcast started out selling, trying to figure out ways to sell and monetize what we could do here on the podcast. And Shopify would have made that so much easier. And Shopify powers millions of businesses from first scale to full Full scale. So check out Shopify. Go to Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All lowercase, by the way, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. We talk more about the big win for the Detroit against the Detroit Pistons coming up next on the Locked On Hornets Podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And, and listen, as long as you play James Booknight, a win will always be in. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Right? We are free and available. They'll, he'll, on, they'll show some fight. All your, on all your platforms. Now make your second listen. Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks again for joining us in the Lockdown Hornets podcast, where, as you can see, if you watch on YouTube, that Doug makes my job a lot harder than it needs to be sometimes Why? by just being in the background. <laughs> the rhyme time. It gets me off rhythm, and then I have oh, yeah. to get, and then I It gets up. me on rhythm. I know Rhyming it does. gets me on rhythm. I know it does. By the way, have you seen my beard? I lo- if you're not on YouTube, if you need a reason, come check. My beard's looking really good. I might I might let this grow out, Walker, until, if the Horn- until the Hornets make the playoffs. This might become my pre-Hornets playoff beard. You've gone I just let with, this bad boy grow. You know, you started the long hair look, man, probably a couple of years ago now, and you go pretty long distances without cutting it, and now you're saying you might do that with the beard. I might beard. just go full, um, oh, why Happy Gilmore? That's not the name I'm looking for. Forrest Gump. I might just go full Forrest Grizzly Gump. Grizzly Adams, is the... that what you're thinking because of Happy Gilmore? <laughs> did Grizzly Adams have a beard? Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Doug Branson did have a beard. I think that's why you went Happy Gilmore, which is fine. It's a great beard. It's fine. Anyway, I think I might grow out the beard. Uh, Let's talk more about the Charlotte Hornets win. Big time win, 140. They allow 111 to the Detroit Pistons, but this game was over um, once you really got into the end of the third quarter. Hornets just explode offensively even more so than usual. Their lowest uh, quarter output was 28 points in the second. P.J. Washington returns for the first time since entering COVID health and safety protocols, Doug, and he was really good immediately, scored 14 points, plus minus huge there, 26, gave you eight rebounds, gave you four assists, contributed in a lot of different ways and knocked out three-point shot, knocked down three-point shots as your center. Impressive for him coming in. Uh, what did you think about P.J.'s uh, debut after entering the health and safety protocols? I thought it was great. I mean, you could tell by his social media post that he was anxious to get out there, that he missed playing basketball. He brought a new energy. He talked about before the game that this team was missing a certain mentality. I think he helps to bring that back. Uh, knock down shots. It's what you want to see from him. But also another big body. I mean, he, he contributed eight rebounds in this mm-hmm. game. They are thin on big bodies. They're thin on aggressive players. And I, and I would count him as an aggressive player when he's out there. Uh, but this was an across-the-board the win. I thought, really, the tone was set early in this game by Miles Bridges and by LaMelo Ball. And we've talked about it this week, how his LaMelo Ball's 
passing has dipped over the past two games, those two losses. He only accumulated, I think, a total of three assists. In this one, he has 12 assists, 12 points, and eight rebounds. Just short of the triple-double. Um, had this fourth quarter been a little bit more competitive, he probably gets the triple-double. Had it been more competitive, honestly, Kelly Oubre's got a shot at breaking uh, the record. Um, of, uh, so, you know, I, I think um, – my, but my, I think Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball really set the tone early in this game. Uh, they they decided, all right, enough's enough. Time to get back on the winning track. Yeah, you, you look at some of these stat lines, and P.J. Washington did a lot of his work early in the game. Miles Bridges, same thing, was starting off hot and then doesn't really do a ton in the box score after that, but it's because damage was already done. You didn't need a lot more. Like, Miles Bridges played 26 minutes in this one, and, you know, Kelly Oubre – scored 32 points playing 24 minutes, P.J. Washington 24. And so you didn't get a lot of minutes from these guys, except for LaMelo, which is going to please everybody that wants LaMelo out there every single second of every single game. LaMelo played the most minutes in this one, 30 minutes. Didn't shoot extremely well from the field overall, but did decently well, 33% from beyond the arc, three of nine. But you're right, LaMelo looked like the type of player that we have seen maybe even earlier on where he's dishing it out a little more, just trying to control the offense, really getting guys going by feeding them and allowing players to be better around him. I thought that was real interesting. And I want to talk about PJ just real quickly yeah. because I, I think this was the headline by Rod Boone, not by him because he doesn't make the headlines, but the headline for his piece in the Charlotte Observer where it's like PJ Washington, you know, it's like, hey, PJ has the recipe to success. He's got the thing that's going to change this team. He's like, we need a different attitude. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to bring it. I just thought that was funny. It's like, yeah, now PJ's going to enter, and now we're going to have a different attitude. Oh, now Hornets are going to play a lot better. But PJ hit shots. Like, that's what I want. I just want a better defender in the post. I want somebody that can hit shots and stretch the defense a lot more because that's exactly what he's great at doing in this modern-day NBA. And that's what he was able to do. Um, but a really, really nice win for the Hornets to get a game above 500 again, go 20 and 19. And now they're going to get a lot of rest, Doug, before their next game, Saturday yeah. against Milwaukee. And, um, you know, it's going to be one that would be a really nice win back to back games against Milwaukee, both at the Spectrum Center, one Saturday and one Monday. So we'll see if they can take advantage against a really good team in the East. Well, I'd say a couple of things. Sometimes it does take an outside voice, somebody who's looking at watching these games. He said he watched, you know, every game, every minute of every game that he was out. And sometimes it does take an outside voice to say, Hey, I'm clearly seeing something that's missing here. And then, and then bring that to the table. And so I, I think that's the unique position that PJ was in and was able to present mm -hmm. to the team. So I'm not going to discount that. Uh, also, I think that in this game, Everything that we've seen be inconsistent this season, and there have been a lot of things that have been inconsistent this season, but all of those things seem to come together. Part of that was the fact that you're playing the Detroit Pistons. Yes, they did beat the Bucs uh, with Giannis, but uh, this Detroit team has generally played very poorly. It would have been uh, an awful loss had you not taken care of business. Absolutely. And so you had Gordon Hayward being aggressive, took 11 shots in this game, 7 of 11 from the field. So that, that's been inconsistent this year. That came through for 19.6 rebounds and four assists. That's a great line for Gordon Hayward. LaMelo Ball hasn't been inconsistent all season with the passing, but we talked about the, the two games that the passing dipped. That came back. He got back into triple-double form. Uh, Terry Rozier's shooting was there. Miles Bridges' three-point shooting. He was three of three from three in this game. 
Uh, you got to see more of that. And, and they've got two big tests against Milwaukee coming up. The big question now is can that, can that carry over? And the defense play well as well. Yeah, and so hopefully that can springboard them into playing well against Milwaukee. That would be a huge win, right? That would take care of maybe a disappointing loss that you had against Washington, you know, trying to balance all this stuff out, a victory against Milwaukee. That would certainly help, and maybe this one can springboard you to doing that against the Bucks. A couple of games coming up Saturday and Monday against Milwaukee. All right, I think Doug's going to leave us now. He's got things to tend to. I'm going to go, I think, solo in the third segment, not before I tell you about Bet Online. They would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. They remain the number one spot for all the best sports, wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they have a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit so just use the promo code locked on to get started from football basketball hockey boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts we have plenty more on their win against the detroit pistons and looking ahead to the rest of the season coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is Locked on Hornets. Lamelo yeah. had an awesome dunk last night where he kind of goes to the right shoulder, comes back to the left, finishes, and does the head thing, got, got on you. He loves doing that, right? He's a high-low celebrator. He's going to put it on his head when he dunks on you, and then he's going to tell you how short you are when he scores in the post against you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I think I'm going to go solo for this one. Doug left me. Julian was supposed to join me. We'll see if we can get him back in the fold here as soon as possible and uh, figure out how he can talk more about the Charlotte Hornets. Instead, he's talking about the Carolina Panthers. One more week to go, so very busy with all the Matt Rule conversation. Is he going to come back? Should he come back? And all the starting quarterback stuff. Make sure you check him out at Julian Council, and you can uh, listen to his podcast, Locked on Panthers. I want to talk about this Malik Monk stuff because – this Malik Monk conversation, LeBron James mentioned the Charlotte Hornets. It's interesting, right? The Charlotte Hornets, they decide to move on from Malik. It's not necessarily a surprise. Malik had been a polarizing player for this franchise for quite some time. He was brought in after what we had thought was a slip in the, in the NBA draft. We thought he was going to contribute right away. And hot and cold, put together a lot of flashes. Maybe didn't think he was as consistent. And then he would put together longer stretches in the last couple of years, but there was always just something that would hold him back from really exploding, whether it be maybe what you would say is his own fault, violating the anti-drug program in the NBA. That got him suspended for a while. COVID would end that season where he got suspended, and he had his hot streak immediately ended. And so we all know the story with Malik. James Brago didn't really want to play him all that much, would, and I think Malik would produce more often than not. In the end, they decide to move on. He didn't get a lot of offers out there on the open market. L.A. decides to bring him in for the vet minimum, and you look at what he's doing the last five games, scorching hot, shooting well from three at about 38%, shooting well overall from the field, which is a big-time uptick in what he's usually done with the Charlotte Hornets. He's shooting about 48% overall. So his effective field goal percentage is approaching 60. I mean, that's, that's excellent. Those are great numbers for Malik Monk. If you've heard me talk at all for a longer stretch than 30 minutes, you've probably heard me mention his name on this podcast before. It's one of the bigger criticisms I take. I get it. I've always loved Malik Monk. One of my favorite players to watch. Thought he was very much so underappreciated. But he moves on with the Lakers. He's playing really well now. And we'll see if that continues over in Los Angeles. Here's the thing. 
LeBron James said after Malik Monk's really nice five-game stretch, really nice game ever really in, uh, since coming back from COVID protocols, experienced that over there in the, L- in the uh, L.A. team, L.A. franchise, LeBron said that he and Jason Kidd, when he was with the Lakers organization just the year prior, they both thought that the Hornets were misusing Malik Monk, and they both kind of talked out loud about, hey, is there any way you think we can go get him and bring him to be a part of this organization? And so that kind of started a little bit of a conversation via Hornets Twitter because LeBron said the Hornets misused Malik Monk. You have some people in the camp defending the team vigorously so, saying, no, the Hornets, they knew what they were doing. You have some people defending Malik, although not that many, saying, yeah, the Hornets actually did misuse him. Here's, look, you probably know what camp I fall in. One of my bigger problems with James Borrego last year, and even the year prior, was not playing Malik Monk enough. I I think Malik was a good player. And I know that that's polarizing. I know that there was some inconsistencies for him. I think he grew a lot as a defensive player, but I also think Malik was good. Here's The question is, one, whether the Hornets misused him, and do the Hornets regret not bringing him back with everything involved, just the type of player he is, the type of contract he signed for, what you think it would have taken to bring him back to Charlotte, and whether he could have thrived here the way that he is, at least lately, with the Lakers organization. Let's talk about the way that the Hornets misused him. I think they did misuse him by not using him. I thought Malik was a better player than some of the guys getting minutes ahead of him. But James Brago didn't want to put him out there, and so they move on. Okay, fine. Now we talk about do we regret the Hornets not keeping him. No, I don't regret that. At the time, I did. You heard me this offseason, if you are a daily listener, who we really appreciate, but you heard me this offseason really question what the Charlotte Hornets did, letting Devontae Graham go for a protected first-round pick that is not going to convey this year because New Orleans is too bad and they're not going to make the playoffs. They also got rid of Malik Monk, not getting anything in return, and I don't know what would have been out there on the trade market anyway. It's less than what I even thought was already probably not that much in the first place. I At first, I thought that was going to be a massive problem. But Kelly Oubre has made this palatable, and that was a signing I was lukewarm on. You know, I didn't hate it by any means. I thought it was a worthy enough signing. I thought the contract was good, especially with that second year not being guaranteed. But I thought... Kelly Oubre would be a fine enough piece where he'd come in and you just kind of hoped, hey, can you get to 36% three-point shooting? And that's all I'm really going to ask for. Can you come off of the bench and help out really just offensively? And he's done that a lot more than I expected on a good contract. And so while I love Malik Monk, while I think that it was a mistake the way they handled him in the past, I also am in that middle ground where despite my love for him, This is okay. Like, I kind of look at this as more, I'm happy for Malik. You know, it's great that he's performing so well as a Laker. You know, it's great that his career can kind of take a different turn. Hadn't even turned 24 years old yet. You know, like, his career can go thrive over there with L.A. I don't know if it would have happened here with Charlotte. In fact, I'd probably say it wouldn't. But Kelly Oubre comes in, and it makes the loss of Malik palatable. It makes, look, Cody Martin. How about his development? Cody Martin has developed into a real NBA player that can help you as a defender, that can also shoot pretty well himself for what it's been mentioned this season. Jalen McDaniels has been somebody that's really improved. And so, yeah, if you were to ask me, Walker, would you like to have Malik on the roster? Sure. But if you're asking me, do I think it was a massive mistake 
for the Hornets to lose Malik the way they did? Do I regret it now, in hindsight, halfway through the 2021-2022 season? I don't think I do. And I think it's because I've been pleasantly surprised with what Kelly Oubre has done, with what Jalen McDaniels has done, same thing with Cody Martin, and now Malik is over there with L.A. doing really nice things. No, LeBron can say that about Charlotte if he wants to. That's fine. I think it's interesting, one talking point people haven't mentioned a lot. It's not like LeBron is scared to say anything about a Michael Jordan-run franchise, right? Like, we know MJ and LeBron are the two guys going against one another in the GOAT debate. We know LeBron James takes it to the Charlotte Bobcats or the Charlotte Hornets. Because Michael Jordan has been affiliated with this franchise for a long time. We can remember the fast break dunk. Looking at Michael. Slam. Looking right at MJ. Boom. Putting it on him. Like he's not going to be one to shy away from any whatsoever indirect criticism towards the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. And so while I might agree to some extent, I also know that LeBron James might have some kind of ulterior motive. And you know what another ulterior motive might be with those comments? It's the fact that he's praising his teammate. I mean, that's okay. I would love for the Charlotte Hornets to praise their teammates. That's the other thing about this. It's that we can get all up in arms, say, oh, how dare LeBron talk bad about the Charlotte Hornets franchise. Like, okay, you know, whatever. I don't mind because he's talking, if he said that about any guy, I mean, you have to certainly take it with a grain of salt, because there can be a couple of ulterior motives. Trashing MJ, indirectly so, or directly, however you want to look at it, and also just taking defense of his teammate. Pretty easy to see. I think it all comes back to the Hornets. They're above 500 after their win last night against the Detroit Pistons. I don't think Malik would change that record a lot. I think Kelly Oubre's defense hadn't been very good this year. But Kelly Oubre's offense has been sensational for the most part. And Malik, even if he improved as a defender, I don't think he was a world beater on that end by any means. And I don't think, honestly, you want to know the Hornet free agent that they let go that would have made the biggest change, in my opinion, that would have made the biggest difference? It's Cody Zeller over Mason Plumley. And I'm not saying Cody Zeller would have vaulted them into the top four, but we know how it's gone with Mason Plumley. James Brager didn't want to play Cody last year, and he has no problem playing Mason you know, above 20 minutes. But that's the one, to me, that I think could have a real tangible effect. No, he's not going to defend the rim. I'm not saying that, but we know Mason Plumley isn't doing that either. And so on, and who knows if he would have stayed healthy, right? I'm, I'm not even tripping over that Cody Zeller free agent loss. I, I'm not tripping over any of them. Malik, Devontae. Like, Devontae's putting up identical. I mean, it, it's... It's comical. Like, go look up his basketball reference page right now. He's putting up identical numbers to what he was putting up here in Charlotte, at least efficiency-wise. Like, pretty much useless scoring inside the arc, still a, a good shooter beyond the arc on high volume. You know, not getting to the free throw line, still a smart passer. I think his assists are down with New Orleans. But, you know, he's putting up identical, pa uh, identical numbers. Like, I'm not tripping over any of them. The one you would question is Malik because he's been scorching hot lately. And even with my love, coming back and tying this full circle, I would say I'm cool with it. I'm honestly at a place where I'm happy for Malik. I'm glad that he's found something that's going well. And I'm pretty excited about Kelly Oubre scoring 32 points. 
hitting eight three-pointers in one quarter. You know, that's made it palatable, and we'll see if the Charlotte Hornets keep him going forward. That'll do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks to Doug for helping me out a couple of segments, and thanks to you guys for joining me here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Now, make sure your second listen is Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back with you tomorrow on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.